Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. My name is Eric Thomas, and I am the host of the show. And this podcast is powered by Rival Digital, which is a full-service digital marketing agency for HVAC contractors. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, everybody. The number one self-proclaimed podcast for HVAC marketing in the world. <laughs> I think I should just start speaking that into existence. We should start saying it's the number one podcast for HVAC marketing. I think it's like one of two, maybe one of three. So don't have a ton of competition there. So I might as well just go ahead and claim my crown. Uh, just playing. Anyways, how's everybody doing? Hope that you all have had a great weekend. If you're listening to this, it's probably a Tuesday uh, so I hope you're having a great week so far. Today, uh, we are recording on a Friday before Service World Expo. And who better to interview than Tom Drexler Plumbing, Air, and Electric, who just so happens to be located in Louisville, Kentucky. Some call it Louisville. Some people call it Louisville. A whole lot of pronunciation. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, but we have Nick Rolfes and Micah Brown. Super excited for this episode. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing great. Very awesome. excited about this. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we'll we'll go left to right here in introductions. Uh, Nick, why don't you start us off and introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Well, uh, my name is Nick Rolfes, like you said. I'm the marketing manager here at Tom Drexler Plumbing, Air, and Electric. I've been in this position for about three years. Um, started while I was in college, graduated uh, while working here, and absolutely love it. I love growing the company. Um excited to see what, what we can do from here on. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Micah, you're up. Tell the listeners a little bit more about you and uh, what your role is at the company. Yes. My name is Micah Brown. Uh, I started here in June, 2020. I uh, came on as an intern while I was still getting my MBA from the university of Louisville. Um, since then I have come on full time as a marketing associate. So I work under Nick. Um, I kind of focus on our sponsorships, uh, branding, uh, kind of public relations kind of stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing for the last year or so. And like Nick, I'm excited to see uh, how this company can grow and just really take over this local market. Nice. All right. So let's go ahead and address the pronunciation. Uh, I think some of our listeners know this. If you may not, then you're going to find out. I, I lived in Louisville for about a year. Uh, I was born in Bowling Green, Kentucky, went to WKU, go tops. Uh, and there's always been a lot of speculation around how to pronounce Derby City's name, the 502, the Ville, some people call it. All right. So left to right, Nick, how do you pronounce it? Louisville. Micah. And Louisville. Yep. All right. So so would you guys say that you pronounce it like L-U-H-V-U-H-L, like Louisville? Yeah, kind of like the Lowell. Lowell. Like kind of slurred a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like, like – we like our bourbon, so it's typically slurred. Yeah. Okay. So that okay. So that's probably what happened because you know it was yeah. it originated from King Louis, mm-hmm. and so if we're going that route, you would probably say Louisville. But I know that natives up there get a little the hair on their necks comes <laughs> up when you say Louisville. Oh, I know. So maybe it was Louisville, and they just had a little bit too much bourbon, and then just it, it absolutely slowed is. down in Louisville. We do not pronounce it right, <laughs> but it's how we pronounce it. You stick to your guns. Hey, you guys are the locals, so you guys have the right to declare however it's pronounced the way it is. 
Absolutely. Nice. All right. Shenanigans aside, Nick, can you tell us a little bit about Tom Drexler, about the history of the company, uh, how long you guys have been around for, all that good jazz? Yeah, yeah. So um, we do plumbing, heating, cooling, electric, and bathroom remodel. Um, we've been around for about 39, 40 years now, mm-hmm. going on 40 years. Um, on track to do about $52 million this year. Um, we've been booming the last 10 years or so. Uh, I think when I started at about three years ago, we were around an $18 million company. Um, and we've just picked up booming. Um, I think around 2010 is where we st- really started to expand and grow as a company. Um, and what that really was is we added the, um, our blue trucks. We have blue trucks all over the city going with Tom, Tom Drexler waving out the back and, Really implementing that at the start really helped just push us along with our jingle, um, just pushed us into a, just a different level than our competition. And ever since then, we've on average grown about 15 to 20% every year. Wow. How's the jingle go? Um, <laughs> call the plumber whose name's his number. Dial one Tom Drexler. That's his number. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got I have really good vocals. Sounds yeah, yeah. Say, sounds a little bit better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I, I I like that one. Tom Drexler. Yep. That used to be like super popular. I'm glad to see that people are still doing that. Where like you spell the phone number. Oh yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people call that specific phone number, mm. but it's just kind of been part of our brand, and we've just kind of stuck to it. Um, yeah. I'm willing to bet that the younger generation probably doesn't even know how to do this. Like maybe, maybe like our age, I'd say probably like mid twenties on up will understand the concept of spelling something on a phone, but I'm willing to bet that these young whippersnappers in high school right now had have no no clue. (laughs) They would probably try to like actually type it out. (laughs) (laughs) We get, we get some comments on our social media just saying, why do you all still use, the dial one Tom Drexler. So I mean, they remember it though. Yeah, it works. exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's easy to remember. That's right. Yeah. It's that's, that's the key is, is top of mind awareness uh, mm-hmm. being easy to remember. So whenever, whenever their heat goes out, whenever the water heater tank ruptures and there's water all over their floor, whenever they want their bathroom remodeled. They that's just kind remember. of, that's been one of my philosophies from being in this position is top of mind awareness is my goal is to reach a consumer, however it be, three times a day. Whether mm-hmm. you're driving down, seeing one of our trucks, seeing a billboard, commercial, radio ad, whatever it is, I want to be able to touch that con- consumer three times a day to keep that top of mind awareness. Nice. So do you have consistent messaging across all of those uh, those different touch points, or do you guys kind of use different messagings for different like mediums? Um, I like to have a consistent message across my, uh, my mediums. Um, they don't always align up, but if I'm sticking to like a certain campaign, um, I like to make sure that my direct mail, my newspaper ads, Valpac ads, which are these little inserts that get mailed mm-hmm. out, their little coupons, um, and then all my display, digital marketing, social media ads kind of are the same. 
So I don't really focus too much on making sure that messaging is consistent within TV, radio, um, and billboards with the kind of like the mass mass media, um, just to do due to the fact that uh, it that has some turnover time to it. And a lot of my thing has been just experiment, 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 and try out all these different things. And so once we get consistent knowing, okay, this campaign works, then mm-hmm. I'm going to put the time and the money, money behind radio and TV with the consistent ad with that. Yeah. So do you all see a, uh, a pretty solid return on the traditional advertising, like the TV, billboard, radio type stuff? Um, I would say so. Um, I, not a really great way to track it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, our philosophy is just pound it, pound at it for about three years. And if we see consistent growth within that market, then we can attribute some value to that traditional mass marketing Media. Yeah. So when it comes to like lead generation uh, or getting new customers, what, what are some ways that have worked really well for you all? Um, main focus has really been digital marketing. Um, two ones are direct mail and digital marketing. Um, we like to focus on, we have two ways we set up our digital marketing is within defend and conquest customers. So we have our, customers all within our Google and everything like that. And we'll go after them to defend our customers. If they're ever searching anything on Google, that's not Tom Drexler related. We're going to pay extra to make sure we show up for them. Um, and then we're going to go after our conquest customers for just that are, that are not in our current customer list and go after them through Google. We also buy full Louisville market for direct mail and send out mass direct mailers uh, to generate new customers with special low offers and things like that to help boost us when we're slow. Nice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go one at a time here on this next one. Uh, what, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you all have seen in the industry this year? It's hmm. a good question. Um, I would say biggest struggle has been I think the fact that people are no longer in their homes has had an impact on it because during last year when people were locked up we we, we boomed we mm-hmm. had tons of business and everything like that people were getting their bathroom models done everything they had the stimulus checks all that and so going from an abnormal year to slightly back to normal has kind of put the brakes on a few things. And so that's kind of just been something we're trying to overcome now and yeah. uh, work on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to kind of echo off that, uh, I think at first at the beginning of the pandemic, some of our messaging was talking about like how safe we were coming in with tech spraying masks. Um, and eventually you kind of have to pivot away from that and get back to, you know, what we actually do and the services mm-hmm. we provide rather than, all the precautions we're taking. So that's one thing I noticed. I started kind of right in the middle of the pandemic. So it was kind of the pivotal time. Uh, so just yeah. moving on to our traditional uh, marketing or branding. Uh, that was one thing I just kind of noticed was a little bit of a challenge early on. Um, 
and now kind of as Nick said, uh, now that things are slightly back to normal, almost back to normal, um, just kind of getting back to what we do best. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like it was, it was something that, that every company did was put up their COVID protocols on their website and tell the whole world that we're so safe and we're doing all this stuff. But like, I just, I wonder like what the actual like feedback was on that really, you know, from a customer's perspective, like, did they actually care? It was, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was actually our most visited webpage. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, we had tons and tons of people going through that and also converting uh, after going to that page. It surprised me because it seemed like every company was doing that. So I thought maybe it's kind of watered down at this point. Maybe it's like the bare minimum that they expect is, well, yeah, I'd hope you wear a mask and Mm-hmm. Yeah. stuff like that but maybe it actually did mean something to the customers and like nick said if it was converting then who knows but now yeah. it's obviously not like our main thing we put on our website i think earlier it was like we had a main yeah thing at the top stood out a lot more and it's i think we still have a page for it mm-hmm. but by no means do we want to you know draw customers to that yeah yeah, yeah i feel like by now yeah i see it on your website COVID 19 yeah i feel like by now it's it's like Okay, everyone's going to wear a mask. Mm. Or at least offer. Yeah. Do. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. We even ran commercials on a broadcast television and cable TV uh, stating like the different precautions we we're using and everything like that. So we yeah. did that for a good chunk of last year. Did you all experience any like kickback with Facebook or Google ads when um, advertising anything that was related to the big C word COVID didn't do it at all. We wanted to make sure we were not advertising anything COVID um, besides like our TV precaution. And that was just stating like, Hey, we're going to wear a mask. We're going to take these precautions. That was it. Yeah. Um, But anything like on digital, digital marketing, social media, we didn't want to just run at COVID and say all these different things about it and advertise about it. Uh, we just wanted to do what we do do best, and that's what is just helping out the customer and being the best in the Louisville market. That's right. Yeah, I noticed a lot of people started selling like air scrubbers and stuff like pretty heavily during that time. Yeah. Um, that's we had a client that was selling air scrubbers, and they were like, "Hey, we got a ton of these air scrubbers because they like over prepared." <laughs> and they're like, "We need to sell them." So we ran some some air scrubber ads, and it was like just one after another getting turned down getting rejected by facebook i wasn't even i wasn't even using the big c word covid i was uh i was just saying like it can could kill airborne illnesses it could clean your air but it's like (laughs) nope rejected every time we we did try we tried the uh indoor air quality the iaq systems and kind of pushed like a little animated video and what ended up we ended up selling out of our iaq systems and we couldn't get any more so I guess like well, the exact opposite. It was like you ran it for a month and you just couldn't get any more IAQ systems. Are you all still trying to sell those or are you, you kind of? I mean, we still sell them. We still sell them, but it's not something we're pushing hardcore. Yeah. I leave that kind of up to my techs. Our, um, our, our managers do a great job kind of training our technicians on um, selling different products and everything like that. My philosophy is lowest 
cost, get them to the door, low tune up offer, something like that. Get us into the door, get our hands on your system, let my tax do their job mm-hmm. and sell whatever they need to sell. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely the way to go. I, I feel like I've I've preached this to the choir on this podcast a million times, but go ahead and say it again in case we have some new listeners. But very rarely is someone going on Google and searching for a new system replacement or something like they're not going to go on Google and say, you know, HVAC replacement company near me. Yeah, exactly. And and if they do, you're going to, you're going to pay, gosh, probably over a hundred dollars for that click. Oh yeah. yeah. Or you could, you could run a repair tune up ad to get a, get a three, four or five, six dollar click. And then you at least get the opportunity to sign up for a maintenance agreement. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge for us. Yeah. 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 I was, so I think like the average cost, I mean, I've kind of looked around a few different websites and like the average like cost for a service agreement is like 250 a year around that range, 200, 250, $300. And you know, the system lifespan according to Google is 10 to 15 years. So, I mean, you're, and if you get a bi-manual or bi-annual maintenance on that system or on that uh, service agreement, you're getting, 20 to 30 visits into their home before they need a replacement theoretically. And so there's so, and that's not even including repairs. That's just the maintenance is. So you get so many other opportunities to yeah. help them with others, especially if you're full service doing plumbing, electrical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's part of our agreement plan. I think ours is like 198 and we include uh, furnace and AC, obviously tune up, but uh, electrical inspection, plumbing inspection is included in that. And, we kind of just utilize those for when we're slow. We had a few months ago, our electrical department was just really down on calls. We're having some issues with Google local service. And so we just called absolutely as much members as we possibly could for electrical inspections. And that really Mm -hmm. did help generate some good revenue and uh, keep our guys busy. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that's the thing too. Like, you got to take care of your like existing customers that you have. There's so many, so many companies out there. They're like on this hunt to get as many new customers as possible. And they forget that they've got a CRM with 8,000 customers in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> they could just send an email to, they could send an email to and say, Hey, because you're our member and we love you, we're going to give you a tune up for $49. And oh, yeah. there's a hundred jobs. Them, we'll just give them for free. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. Just get us on the door. Keep my text busy. As long as they got something to do, yeah, we're good. So yeah, it's it's a huge thing. Is uh, especially within Service Titan is utilizing our. Um, they have like a campaign thing where we can mm-hmm. send out all these different emails with uh, specifically targeted emails. Yeah, uh, tons of different criteria and reach our current customers, existing customers. Yeah, yeah, I think Service Titans, uh, their their marketing platform i'm not mm-hmm. sure what it's called marketing, it's pro. marketing pro yeah yeah something like that it's pretty legit uh, I've, I've i've done a few email campaigns in there before for a client and it's cool like you can you can automate it to like keep sending until they until they call you or until they book a job and like oh, yeah. sometimes there, there was one time i forgot to turn a campaign off and like, <laughs> i've done that um, and i thought i had set an end date but i i guess i hadn't and it was like the early bird spring tune-up and it was like September and they were like, Hey, I want my spring tune up. And we're like, 
it's like Oops. almost fall. What? <laughs> yeah, one of our managers emailed me and said, "Was I supposed to get this email?" It was like the same thing. It was like a Happy Easter email, and this is like <laughs> July, <laughs> and it's the same thing as automated. I thought it was one time. Yeah, that that's awesome. Happens. It happens. Yep, yeah. learning as you go. But one thing I like about the service line is their uh, merge tags. You can put them in the subject line now. Uh, so I get a lot of emails in my inbox. It's like, hey, Micah, check this out. And now that service line has implemented that, we can say, hey, customer first name, uh, we think you're going to like this deal, something like that. Uh, so it adds a more personable feel to it. It gets really good click rates, too, or good open rates, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Michael, you handle all the social media, correct? Yes, that is correct. So, so what are some of the things for social media that you, I guess, that have worked particularly well for you all that you would suggest other contractors trying out? That's a good question. Uh, we're still, you know, kind of diving into the social media. We're not like a good established brand yet. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we do not bother with Twitter whatsoever. Um, but for Instagram, I'd say the stories have actually been pretty good. Uh, they usually get more views than like the posts will. So most people like them, stories, people just view them. But by having a story on Instagram, your name, like your profile is always at the top of their Instagram page. Uh, so they'll be seeing your name. It's a good way to just push multiple things. So you can highlight stories on your Instagram. So you'll have little circles and uh, on your profile. So we have one yeah. for each of the departments. We have one for careers, one for just memes. Uh, there's another good uh, Instagram page. They're called Radiant. They're out of Austin, Texas. Um, they have a very different brand than ours. Theirs is much funnier. They're very good with their memes. Um, honestly, I think that's a pretty good thing to do. If, you, if your brand kind of allows for it, then kind of be a little zany with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So many, it's hard to, Social media for, you know, plumbing, air, and electric is not the sexiest industry. Uh, so you have to be creative with it. And that's something I'm still kind of learning myself. Uh, just kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, basically yeah. just be, be funny with it. Uh, be loose. Uh, differentiate yourself from the competitors because chances are your competitors aren't going to have the best social media pages. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, just depending on what city you're in, who your competitors are. But we found that our competitors, their Instagrams are practically non-existent. Uh, they're just, they don't have any followers. Their last posts usually a couple oh, wow. of years ago. Um, but Facebook, we found have the most engagement and we found that pictures of like people, I, they always get more likes and more comments rather than, you know, an infographic or an ad. Yeah. Uh, so we have like a company cookout each year um, and I'll always, post pictures of just people eating and people, you know, smiling at the camera. And that always gets a lot of likes. So oh, I found yeah. that incorporating your own employees into your posts is a very good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Incorporating them is, is a very good idea because then you get them mm-hmm. one, it makes them feel good. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I was featured on my company's Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then their families liking and commenting. Exactly. It. And I'm so mm-hmm. proud of Tim. He's such a great yeah but memes memes are definitely uh pretty good i mean they do way better than i mean most most hvac companies like you said you know mm-hmm. heating air conditioning plumbing it's like 
it's not like sports where people are like, I'm going to go on Facebook and see what Tom Drexler is talking about today. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one's doing that. Yeah. So you got to just got to do something else other than like the stock image of, of the, the little girl blowing bubbles with the dog in the yard yeah, or something. Yeah. So the, yeah, the memes are the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So other than, other than uh, the memes and, and hitting it hard on, on the traditional and digital uh, what what are some other things that you guys have done? Maybe like a particular campaign or, or uh, commercial or something that's that's worked really well for you all in the past. I was going to say, uh, so we do two major kind of direct mailers throughout the year. It's our AC tune-up and our fur fur furnace. Um, and they're both kind of just these postcards that say, hey, call by this date and you'll get a $49 tune-up, which typically costs – uh, $140. And then if you call by this date, which is a month later, uh, you can get the tune up for $99 and it's typically $140, something like that. And so I'll usually send out about a 220,000 postcards throughout mm-hmm. two to three months during our kind of like close to just beginning of peak season to really just ramp up uh, the tune-up calls and getting our guys out there and it, it works it performs really really well um, I think we generate around 300,000 300 to 400,000 in revenue per campaign um, with around a $70,000 cost so it's not not too bad um, but it just really really helps generate those tune-ups our guys are able to flip systems get out to our comfort consultants. Comfort consultants are great. They have about like a 60 to 65% conversion rate right wow. now. So they're killing it. Um, and it's, it's just really successful. And we kind of have all things, all, all the wheels turning. Yeah. Which one of your departments is, I guess, the busiest or probably, I guess, like the most popular or the biggest? Well, our, our bread and butter is plumbing. Um, our, is what we started off doing. We originally were just Tom Drexler Plumbing, and um, we our HVAC department's probably about five, six years old. Our uh, electrical department's probably about three years old. Um, bathroom remodels our second oldest uh, wow. department. But, you know, plumbing, we're pretty much right now around 30 to 40 calls over every single day. And so uh, wow. right now we're working on hiring about 20 new plumbers taking them through Drexel University. It's about a 16-week training program um, where we just we take them through every little thing and we get to create the employee that fits Tom Drexel. We get to make them the best employee that they could possibly be uh, through that 16-week training program. So we're really excited that it's about in, around January, December, January, they're going to start hitting the field. And so it's going to help out a lot. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Drexler University. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's uh, yeah. that's smart stuff to do is offer your in-house training. So mm-hmm. so what does that look like? Uh, I guess really the whole get paid to learn a trade type deal. How's exactly. that going? That's the tagline we use for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on your website looking at it. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a 16-week program. We have our um, – head plumbing manager takes them through. He's with them every single day, uh, morning to afternoon. Um, 
and I mean, they literally just go over everything. It's essentially going to a trade school, but you're getting paid mm-hmm. to do it. And I mean, it's just, it's just such a great way to model your employees after what your company stands for. And it's a good way to really just get to know your technicians that's coming into the field, make sure they're going to be a right fit for this. Cause I mean, we've had talks where we said, okay, this guy who's in Drexel university for the plumber, we're going to put him as a drain technician because we feel he needs much, much more experience than the others. He's not catching on as quickly, something like that. Um, and it's also a great program for our current employees. We're going to mm-hmm. give opportunities to our current employees to enroll in this program. Say we have employees working in the warehouse that want to move up and work in a trade and learn that, but they've never had the opportunity to. We're taking 20 people every six months. And so we're able to kind of work them in there and get them working, looking forward to something and working towards something as well. And awesome. uh, one thing I want to add on to that is I've been kind of working on a little video project highlighting exactly what Drexler University is. And one thing I've noticed just going through all the pictures that we have of it, it looks like the techs are one, like actually enjoying themselves doing this uh, work. Uh, but just seeing them all together, you see pictures of them laughing and joking around. And that's exactly what we want, really, mm-hmm. is it builds a camaraderie among uh, the employees that are going through the program. And uh, that goes back to, you know, one of the main benefits of working for this company is, you know, the morale of the employees is good. It's always good. Uh, as a small company feel, um, for the most part, everyone knows each other. Uh, obviously, we don't know the technicians as well, but they all know each other. They all get along. Uh, so that's one thing I've found is a very good positive for the program is just getting not only acclimated to the company itself, but their coworkers and uh, really enjoying themselves and getting paid to do it. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah to, to build off that, like it's, it's a great way to just set the standard for your culture for your company Mm -hmm. culture and just this is what it is this is how we are as a company we have our technicians are are really top of top of the line technicians in our plumbing department they come in they teach classes to these guys as well so we're going ahead and setting that standard like this is where we want you to be this is the pinnacle of our tom drexler plumbing plumbers Mm -hmm. Um, and it also sets the tone for our current employees uh, our current plumbers, like, okay, hey, we got 20 new guys coming in. I got to step up my game. Yeah. I got to stay, stay ahead of it. And so it kind of just gets everybody pumped up and moving and working. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's really smart to have have your own in-house training or trade school, if you will. Because, uh, like you said, you're just feeding employees straight into the field. Uh, and that's – it's not easy to find – field ready technicians right now. So I don't know. Uh, no. I, I think I was, yeah, I was talking to uh, the last person I was recording with uh, and it was the same story. You know, you could run a Facebook ad and do a big sign on bonus, but you're not going to really find like you, you might get an applicant who's got the, the skills ready, but is he going to be a good fit culturally? Probably not. Mm-hmm. He might, or, you know, they, they might, but it's so much easier just to take someone green mm-hmm and train them up to do things the way that you want them to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we, we specifically look for or kind of our market for that is not necessarily someone who's right out of high school. We're looking for more of the middle aged, early thirties, someone who has a family mm-hmm. and already has a 
career but isn't isn't too happy with it and kind of just wants to build a better life for their family and a lot of people have never looked at the trades for for income or anything like that Mm -hmm. and so we're trying to focus on that market because they have the drive to really work for what we want to see yeah absolutely well nick and micah we're beginning to wrap up here uh I've appreciated you all joining me on the podcast. This has been an awesome episode. Uh, always glad to talk to some uh, some Kentucky folks, mm-hmm. especially Louisville, Louisvillians, <laughs> <laughs> Derby City yeah. folks. Um, yeah, so, so um, if you are listening to this right now and you're going to be in Louisville next week, come say hi to us at Booth. 1401C. I'll be recording podcasts. I'll be speaking on a panel Thursday morning and uh, I can't wait to meet everybody there. Uh, and if you're listening to this in the future and you're saying, oh, dang, I wish I'd gone to Service World. Well, there's still time to sign up for the ACA Fall meetings, which is in New Orleans, November 1st through the 4th. We will also be there and I will not be recording podcasts at that one. No. But we'll be there attending. Come say hi. I'd love to meet you. Love to talk to you. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening as always. Nick and Micah, I appreciate you all joining me on the podcast. This has been a pleasure. Uh, I hope both of you all have a great afternoon and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you very much. This is awesome. All right. Take care. You too.